Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor Rudy Lugo. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. One more time. Can we give God some praise tonight? God is good. Thank you for being here. Uh, you probably didn't know I was preaching, so you're here. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? You're in the right place tonight. Just like Pastor Omar said, the Holy Spirit is here. I hope you're expecting tonight. Uh, man, you know what? God is doing something good in Paramount. Amen? And, and as Pastor Omar was talking, I, just, I wasn't going to say this, but I feel inspired to say this. Um, a lot of you know, or some of you know, that my son Ezekiel was born one pound, two ounces, seven years ago. And uh, he was born dead with no heartbeat. And God started his heart and blew, blew the breath of life back into him. And, and, and the doctor said so many complications, you know, he was going to have issues with, with breathing, with even walking. He might be blind. Uh, maybe some, you know, some, he'll, he would be slow and, he, and all these different things. But we were believing God. And if you haven't seen the video that I, that I just put together amateurishly, it, it took off. And a million people saw that video and were giving God praise. But I, I tell you this, and one day, hopefully, I'll share his testimony, and he'll be up here doing it. But I say that because today, you know, he does, he had, he's in uh, an IEP in, in school. He's in second grade, and from kindergarten, they offered it to him. And I said, well, anything that will help him, yeah, I agree with it. And they're great in there. And I don't have anything bad to say about him, but I'll say this. Today, he went back for his two-year review, and he's always excelled in everything that he does. Uh, he's in the STEM program, which is science, technology, and math, or engineering, um, he calls himself an engineer now. Um, matter of fact, he calls himself Pastor Zeke. He says, Daddy, when you're not here, when you're traveling, I'm going to be represented in the prayer room. And so if you call him Pastor Zeke, you'll probably say, how you doing? But I wanted to say this because today was his two-year, uh, his second grade IE, IE, IEP meeting. I think it's, that's what it's called, IEP. And so they're telling about, well, here's the areas where he was, he was given uh, uh, goals. And every one of them he's surpassed. He's surpassing, surpassing. He's, he's doing all, he's off the charts. And at the end, they say, so we'd recommend, you know, he, he still qualifies for it because of his disability. And I went, hold on, disability? And I go, we don't use those labels. Of anything, child of God. But I'll tell you this, what, what they said was, I go, why, do you, why does he qualify right now? They go, well, because on our paperwork, his IQ is so high, it's above what he's supposed to be in second grade. But socially, he's second grade. I said, so what's the problem? They go, well, I go, where is he at? Is he falling short? Is he below average? No, he's above average, but he can be higher. And I said, praise the Lord. I don't call that disabled. And you know what? Whatever God has for Zeke, he surpasses everything. You know why? The faith that he has, he doesn't see himself that way. The people might say that, but we know what God is doing in his life. And I just wanted to share that tonight because God is still moving. He's a miracle worker. He's our healer tonight. Oh, man, it's God... God is doing something special here in Paramount as well. Oh, man, we, we see people coming in. We, we see the miracles here. So I would tell you, the Holy Spirit is here. Be expecting for what God has for you tonight. Just open your heart and be ready to receive tonight. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place, Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, you would just pour out your spirit over every person in here. Open every heart that they would receive from you, Lord. Remove every distraction from our thoughts, Lord. Have your way. Guide this time. We're together in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. 
Uh, my text tonight is going to be out of Mark chapter 10. So if you want to turn your Bible there or your app, you want to open up. But before you, I'm going to share something before I get there. I just, you know, I'm so thankful. How many are thankful for their salvation? Oh, everybody clapping. Maybe, maybe you're, are you saved? I'm thankful that God has a plan for us, for those that believe in me. Their plans for our future and a hope, amen? And, and everything, you know, I, I like that I come and I'm ready to receive. When I'm, I get excited, you know, for the things of God. And, and, you know, what things are going well, you know, we're feeling good, right? But there are times in our lives when, when there are things that they, they're going well, but something doesn't feel right. Something you may be missing. Something you, you know what, you know what, I've been praying. I mean, I've been reading. I've been praying to God for, you know, for, for uh, like requests that, that haven't been answered yet. But something feels like it's missing. And you can have a job. You know, you can have money in the bank. You know, your, your rent or your mortgage is paid. You feel like everything's going right. But there are those times when something's missing. You're not feeling right. Have you ever been there? Or is it just me? I've been there. And, and tonight, as, I, as uh, I was reviewing tonight, you know, I like to review uh, from Scripture and versus a secular view. And I came across an article that said, something missing, have you ever been there? And that was my message for tonight. But secularly, I want, I want to read that to you because what they're talking about in that article is trying to find the real you. Trying to find the real you on the inside because the outside most, uh, mostly is superficial. And so it says, when the happiness no longer comes from things that satisfy you, like a job or, or buying material possessions or doing different things that you like, when there's no more happiness in that, what's next? And it says that maybe you, you need to look for something that will help you fulfill you. You and, and, and your personality, and it's all about you. And there's this doctor, his name is Dr. Dane here. He's an energy transformation virtuoso, author, international speaker, and worship, workshop facilitator. And he's best known for his energetic transformation process. And I'm looking at this, you know, people are, are buying and reading what this guy's saying. He's actually a chiropractor. He's not even a doctor, uh, science, you know, scientific doctor, anything like that. But he wrote an article, what if, my, what if your purpose in life was to have fun? And that's it. And he said, you should have fun in your life. That's what it's all about. And, and him and a, and a few other uh, 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 authors were, were contributing to it. And they were saying, acknowledge that, that there are greater possibilities for your life. He's saying, don't get stuck in a rut. Know that. Don't, don't be content. It's okay not to be content. It's okay not to be satisfied. There's always more for you. And he said, ask yourself this. If, if your belief about you is your view or is it somebody else's view, you know, you got to change it to yourself. If you're choosing what's good for you or is somebody else choosing what's good for you, then you need to look at that. He says change is good. People don't like it because they may make the wrong choice. He says, but hey, who says it's wrong? According to who? Basically, choose what makes you happy. And he says, ask yourself this today. Choose today what gives you more of you. What would be fun for me today? And what is truly, what is it truly I long for? And I'm I'm going somewhere with this because he said, it's all about me. It's all about you. He says that. And and I'm thinking about it. Is it wrong to be happy? Is Is it wrong to enjoy life? No, it's not, right? But I'll tell you this, happiness runs out. There's a limit to it. It can't sustain you. You'll always want more of that, whatever's making you happy. You'll always be missing something in your life, so you can't live for you. And as I was that was the premise of my message tonight when I was going through it. I was thinking, is something missing in your life and in your Christianity? you got to ask yourself that because tonight, as, as I'm going to speak, I want to share in, in Mark chapter 10, uh, I want to talk about the, young, the, the rich young ruler. And just a few scriptures on that. Uh, just, I just want to touch the surface of it. But it says this in, in verse 17. It says, 
Now, as he, now he, Jesus was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not fraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, I have, I, teacher all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. But, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now I'm going to stop there for a second. You see, this young ruler, right, you, you imagine his life in that t- time. He's rich. He has everything he needs. He has possessions. You know, he has money. He probably goes on vacations with his family. Who knows? He's doing all these things. He has all these things in life, but there's something missing, right? He asks him, what must he do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, you know the commandments. And he, he doesn't reference all of them. He references a few. In verse 19, it says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not fraud. Honor your father and your mother. And the young ruler says, I've kept them. But Jesus says he lacks one thing. He lacks one thing. In verse 21, Jesus said, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell everything you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. And we know the rest. He left. He was disappointed. He was sad. He didn't want to do that. And I found it interesting that Jesus didn't refer to to the first commandment, that thou shalt not have no other God before me, or the kid's version, love God more than you love anything else. Or the the last, uh, the 10th commandment, it says, thou shalt not covet, or the kid's version, be happy with what you have. He didn't, he didn't refer to those. So I believe, is there, is there anything wrong with having nice things? Is there anything wrong with having those possessions or money? When Jesus, was Jesus asking them to, to earn his eternity by giving up those things? Was he doing that? No. I believe Jesus was exposing the sin in his life or where his heart was. He said, you know, and you think about that. It might have been greed or covetousness. It might have been pride. Or maybe the riches were his God. See, Jesus was showing him what was keeping him away from his relationship with him. He was showing him that, and even though he had everything, he had nothing. You know, this, this young ruler, he, he, uh, he thought he had everything, he was doing good, and he asked Jesus, you know, he thought Jesus was probably going to tell him, well, uh, uh, give this or something, and you can earn your way. Whoever know, you never know what he was going to tell him. But Jesus told him to give away everything, and he walked away. Now, if he would have done that, would he have inherited heaven? Would he have got eternal life? No. But there were things he couldn't give up to follow Jesus. There's things in our lives that we pray for, church. You know, we, we pray all the time. We, we have these material needs. We have, you know, we need money or we, we have something that we're praying for. All these things. And it might, it's not bad to pray for those things, but think about it. Think about it. You know, why are you praying for those things? So don't, don't misunderstand me. Money, money can do good things, right? Money's not the sin, but it can't satisfy you. It can't buy your way to heaven. Amen. And so, more importantly, it can't buy your relationship with Jesus. Without Jesus, something will always be missing. See, when you first accepted Jesus, everything changed, remember? You remember when you were coming to church and you, and you first got saved? Life, life seemed much sweeter. You, you appreciated the little things you couldn't wait to get here. You wanted to spend time with your church family. You wanted to just hang out, right? You remember those? Anybody remember those times? You were nice to people. You offered to help people. You even wanted to help serve in the church, all church cleanup Saturday. Remember that? <laughs> then life happens, right? 
you're saved, you're trusting God, you're believing God, but then life happens and we get busy. We get really busy and, and, and you start getting busy with the, with the job that God blessed you with. You get busy with well, you know, spending money that, that God blessed you with. You get busy with your family and friends that, that God blessed you with. All these things that God blesses you, he blesses you and it's so easy to get busy and too busy for Jesus. It's easy to become distracted from the things of God. It's easy to lose focus on God's will for your life. And I'm saying all this because as a believer, God wants to bless you. But the, the reality is, as we get blessed, sometimes we can lose focus. And when you lose focus, you take your eyes off Jesus, then you start to feel like you're missing something. And all of a sudden you say, God's not hearing, I'm not, uh, I'm not hearing from God. Or, or God hasn't done this for me yet. Or God hasn't moved in my life. Uh, I, I, I want God to give me a vision of what he has for me. What's the will for my life? And all these different things. But I'll tell you this. The more you come seek Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want to put you first. I want to take up my cross and follow you. You start doing that and you redirect yourself into where you need to be in, in line with him. Amen? But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. It's easy to lose that focus. So I'm, I'm just going to mention a few things, and, and, I, and I really like the, the, the parable of the lost sheep. So I want to focus on that uh, tonight. But I'll tell you, that it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to, to put other things in front of your relationship uh, with Jesus. Jesus said that way, the way he talked to the, young, uh, the, the rich young ruler, but he says this, if there's something in your life that gets in the way of my relationship, get rid of it. Get rid of it, take up your cross, and follow me. Don't continue to, to put your time in those things. I'll tell you this, the Bible calls us sheep. Anybody hear that? And, and uh, the sheep are not the smartest animals on the planet Earth. So do we have an excuse? No. Any sheep in the house? Any wolves in sheep clothing? No. Amen. <laughs> so, ch church, <laughs> I got to put that in my notes. Church, sometimes, you know what, we feel like we're going to get lost. And when, we, when we're without Jesus, it's very easy. And we always feel like something's missing. Check yourself when you feel that way, when you're feeling like, you know what, I'm missing something in my life. I, 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 I'm in church now. You might think that you gave up certain things, the old life. Good. Nothing was good in that old life. You found Jesus. He's the answer that you need. And he has you here for a reason. I'm going to share, <clears throat> excuse me. Can you put up a, uh, Luke 15? That was hard to open. <laughs> I want to share a few verses out of <clears throat> Luke 15. It says, if a man was a, has 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he... When he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God over, than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I'll tell you this, church. It doesn't matter who you are, it is, if you're rich or poor, where you've come from, come from, your background, anything like that. The good shepherd will always come looking for you. Ezekiel 34, 11 says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. See, when you, when you, when you're, when you feel lost, 
When you feel alone, Jesus is right there to, to, to bring you back up. You know what? Life will get hard at times. There will be trials in your life, but don't get stuck in those trials. Take your focus back to Jesus. When you do that, when you focus on the other things, when you focus on money, when you focus on material things and things that you don't have, that's when you start to feel like something's missing. I've been there. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I'm thinking about that times when I, it's got tough, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I start talking to myself. Am I praying? Probably not. And, and, and I know most of you, and you probably know my life and what I've gone through. I know uh, when I sit with my, my brother Angel and we talk about when I lost my job, and most of you guys know, it, it took me for, I mean, I lost everything. And, and God was like, okay, we're going to reset you. Start over. It's a do-over. And thank God for that. I, I, three years ago, I, you know, I, I couldn't have told you how my life was going to be today. And it's amazing what God has done in those last three years. My question is, church, when you, when you feel like something's missing, Take a look at what you're doing. Where's your focus at? Is it all about you? Like, you know what? In the secular way, it's not always the evil way, but is it all about you? Is it all about you? What, what, can, what, can, you know, what else can I get? What else can I accumulate? You know what? If I had this, everything's going to be great. Not necessarily. God knows what he's doing. His way is the perfect way. His timing is perfect. When I think about it, I remember... Uh, uh, it was Pastor David uh, Hernandez was preaching one time, and we were at the altar, and he was saying, take a look, take a look around. Take a look around at, at who's next to you. He said, will you be here in five years? And that really stuck with me because I was looking around like, man, you know, that, I, I was still, I was, I was new, and I was thinking, you know, all these guys, I know them. They love God. They're serving God. But some of those guys are not here today. And I think about it, and I said, why do we stray away? Why do we lose faith in God? There's a number of reasons, and, and one of them is doubt. There's a sad statistic that says that two-thirds of Christians experience doubt. Because, you know why? Because they never ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not know things. God is listening. Sometimes people doubt, not because of Jesus, but because of the changes in their circumstances or their insecurities that come up in life. Maybe their belief is based on what they've heard and not what they've read or asked God. See, don't, don't, everything you know, don't just take every, somebody's word for it. Seek God. Get into his word. Read. You know, it's funny because, you know, the childlike faith, when you can tell the kids things and you're their parent, they'll believe you. I'll tell you to this day, Zeke and Levi believe that the Grinch was here on Christmas. They were, Renee, you're the Grinch from now on. Every Christmas, they, they said, Daddy. I can't believe that the Grinch was in Paramount. Where does he live? Where's his cave? And they go, I, I can't wait till next year. He's coming back. Not even Santa Claus. It's the Grinch. Great job, Renee. <laughs> the second thing, is it because of its unanswered prayer? Do they stray away because their prayers haven't been answered? They haven't heard yes. Not yet. But maybe the answer is no right now. Maybe it's, not, maybe it's not God's will for your life. Is that a reason to leave? Is that, a, is that a reason to say, God, no, you're not answering my request. I'm not going to come to church tonight. That's not. And I'll tell you that sometimes God, God doesn't answer you for your own sake sometimes. I like what Second uh, Peter 3.9 says. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Maybe you're not ready to receive your blessing. Maybe he's building you up and, and, and making, you sure, making sure you're, it's the right time for you. Or another reason, maybe it's the, the, the wrong or bad influences around you. 
Is that why you know, when, you, when you leave here, do you go with the wrong crowd? Or you, you're, you're getting advice from people that, are, that, that don't go to church. I like uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33. says, don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Proverbs 13.20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. That's so true. Sometimes we want to hang around our old buddies because we think, oh, we, they're going to change because of me. But you never, you never witness to them. You know, you talk, you talk to them, but you don't talk to them about the Lord. You, you, you want to be kind to them, but you don't share the love of God with them. I'm telling you, the Bible is here for your instruction. Or maybe it's sin. Maybe they're dealing with sin that they choose to stay in. Maybe they choose to stay there and they're not ready to come out of it, so eventually they just get tired of being convicted, so they leave. But I'll tell you, God will always make a way out. It's your choice. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not, not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your, your ability. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may able, be able to endure. Jesus knows what's best. He knows what's best. If you feel like you're missing something in your walk with the Lord, start at the beginning with the relationship with Jesus. Start there. Start over. It's a do-over. Start over. It's funny how God, God, God only shows us portions of our walk, amen? He shows us the beginning or, or when you're going through it. He doesn't show you the outcome yet. That's for our faith to trust him. He knows it. But I know this, and I've heard many preachers say this. If he led you there, he'll lead you out. God always makes a way out. And the last one that I was going to talk about was, is it pain? Is it pain? Is that why people leave? Have, have, have they been hurt in church? Have you been hurt in church or outside of church by your friends, by your family, where you had these high expectations, they let you down? You see, our whole perspective in our walk changes when we experience pain. When we go through trials, when we go through difficulties, do we blame God? God didn't cause that to you or cause it for you. Do you trust him in those times of pain? Do you trust him? Do you walk with him and say, Lord, I trust you. I know you're in control. See, I, well, in, in my experience, the will of God, it, it can be tough sometimes when we don't, when we're treading and, and, and we don't know what's going on we, and we begin to, you know, be afraid or not trust. And we go through this, this walk and think, God, I, I hope you're with me because I don't feel like you're right now. Those are the times where you talk to the Lord and say, I'm trusting you. I once read this, that pain is a, is a teacher to many, but nobody wants to learn it. It's so true that pain, it'll teach you a lot of things. You'll go through things in life, and you, and, and you won't want to go through it again. And, 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 if, you, and if, you, if, you, if you look at it and why you went through that pain, you'll make sure you don't go through it again. Or do you? Or do you, or do you have to go through it again to learn it? Maybe, maybe, maybe God allows you to stay in your situation because you haven't learned yet. Uh, Proverbs 20, 30 says, when you, when you are punished severely, you learn your lesson well. For painful experiences do wonders to change your life. Oh, it's so true. You know, there will always be some type of suffering in our lives. There will always be some type of suffering. If you have never suffered, praise God. I want to talk to you. Maybe yours is physical. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's spiritual. But think about this. Who suffered? Jesus suffered. He was, he was persecuted and crucified for your sin, for our sin. See, suffering is a part of life. You know what? But Jesus will give you the grace and the power to overcome it. But you have to remember that and believe who he is. I, I remember that when I, when I was, when I was a, a new believer and I was reading how, when Peter walked on water. How many know Peter walked on water? Nobody? 
Wow. Better read your Bible. He was the second man to walk on water. But I'll just, I won't read the whole scripture, the whole, the whole passage, but it was a time at night when they were, they were on a boat and they were in the middle of a storm, right? They were in the middle of a storm and they saw someone coming and they thought it was a ghost. So they thought, you know what, they're in peril. They're going to, you know, they're probably going to uh, shipwreck and that's going to be it. But, um, but Jesus spoke to him and said, don't be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call me out to you. And, and Jesus said, come. So Peter walked on water. He took the step, and all of a sudden, as he, he couldn't, probably couldn't believe what he was doing, and he was, took his eyes off uh, of what he was doing, and he took his eyes off Jesus, and he looked down and said, oh, my gosh, he became afraid. The Bible says he became afraid, and he started to sink. At that moment, he started to sink. Let me read that scripture, uh, Matthew 14, verse 30. It says, but when, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? You see, when Peter did that, when he said, Lord, save me, I mean, that's the shortest prayer in the Bible. It's the most powerful. Lord, save me. The Bible says that Jesus immediately, immediately reached down and grabbed him. He didn't wait for him to drown a little bit, and he didn't wait for him to, you know, drink a lot of water first, or, you know what, you, didn't, you, didn't, you doubted me, go ahead and drink some water first. He didn't do that. He said he reached down immediately and grabbed him up. And the same thing in your life. When you're in the middle of the storm and, and you, you don't see anything else and you're, you become afraid and you become doubtful and you're worried, you know, all those times you think you're sinking and you're drowning, you need to say to Jesus, save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. And immediately he reaches down and picks you up. He picks you up and restores you. But you have to call out to him. In those times when you're walking in, in this walk and you feel like something's missing in your life, those are the times when you, when you become confused and why do I feel this way? Why don't I hear from God? I haven't heard from him in a while. Why doesn't he answer my prayer? At those times when you feel like you're missing something, you call out to him, Lord, save me. Check yourself. Are you too proud to ask God to save you? Come on. He loves you. He's not going to let you drown. you got to call out to him. I'm going I'm to close with this story here, and, and it, it's very impactful to me because I remember talking about it a long time ago uh, when I was talking to my wife. We first got married, and, and I always think about this, this passage. I think I even shared it in prayer one time, but it was, it was a day I was tired at work, and I came home, and I was in a bad mood. You know, she was probably in a bad mood. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was her. I think I was frustrated. She, she's not here, so I can say that. <laughs> I wasn't in a bad mood. That was her. No, I, I was tired, but I think she even reminded me of this story. <laughs> she probably reminded me. But I was just frustrated because things weren't going my way at my job. Things weren't going my way, and I was tired. I was, and she probably said, how was your day, honey? I'm like, oh, wasn't good. I don't know what I said. I don't know what I said. But, but I, I'm reminded of this story because it hits home when, when you have some men that are fishermen, right, they go out and they work all day. And I'm sure that's hard work pulling up that net several times, trying to, to catch some fish and bring them up. And, and they're working hard. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it's hard work in the sun. And I'm sure they were tired. And at the end of the day, when they bring the boats back in, and, and Jesus is, is speaking, right? And, and, and I'm going to read this passage because it's, it's so powerful and it reminds me of who the Lord is in our lives and when we're, when we're tired. So if you're tired today, this is a good scripture for you. In Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 3 to 7. It says, 
Then he got into one of the boats, Jesus, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He's telling him this, and Simon's probably looking at him like, okay, we've done this already. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. See, at that point, I'm thinking, you know what? He's telling God, Jesus, okay, we've done it all day. We didn't catch anything. We're not going to catch. We're fishermen. We know there's no fish there. In verse 6, and when they'd done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And, and they came and filled both the boats, and so they began to sink. So I think about this story. When you're tired, and these guys obviously were tired, and they're telling Jesus, you know what, we've done it already. We've done it already. But, but nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net again. When you're tired... And you've done all you can already, and you're just like, you know what? I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know. I mean, I've done all you've said, I've been told to do, but it's just not going well. Maybe the drive's too far to church on Wednesday. Maybe there's traffic. But what Jesus would tell you is let down your net again. Let down your net again. And when you decide to say, you know what? I've done it already. I'm tired. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let this net down. When you do that in faith, you step out in faith and trust God at his word. Oh, man, watch the abundance of his blessing that comes to you. So much so you won't be able to contain it in your net. You may have to call your your brother and sister to come help you in sharing that blessing. There's so much of it. There's so much blessing that's there when you decide to let Jesus know, at your word, I will do it. I will obey and I'll do that. I share that tonight because I, th- I think about my life and, and, and going through the struggles that I've gone through. And Jesus has never let me down. Every time I've called out to the Lord, there's been a response. And I'll tell you this. Some of this response Rudy didn't like, but it was good for me. When, Jesus re- when, I, when I had jobs that, that weren't the greatest, but I was let go, I was laid off, and I was thinking, why did, I, why did this happen? Something greater came along. I, didn't, I couldn't see that. But they're gonna, there's gonna, if it hasn't already, there's going to come a point in your life when you're not going to like a decision that you have to make. And in those times, that's when you call out to the Lord and say, I need you. I need your guidance. Give me wisdom. Help me to understand. When you pray, ask those things and trust God. And he's going to say, let down your net again. And you're going to say, Lord, I did that already. But nevertheless, at your will, I will do it. Oh, man, it's a, it's, a, it's, a powerful, it's a powerful message because as believers, we get tired. We get tired, and that's the reality, and that's okay, but you don't stay tired. Oh, you get, you get renewed and refreshed. That's why you come to church on Wednesday. We get refilled with more power, and you know what? We get excited. The worship is awesome. We have an anointed worship uh, team. And we get stirred all over again. And that's why we do it. We come back. We gather. We know where two or more are gathered in his name. He's in the midst. The presence of God is here. You can't stay tired if you wanted to in his presence. When you're here in the presence of God, you have all you need. Amen? What are you missing tonight? What have you been going through where where you've been asking God for, but you haven't felt the answer yet? Maybe tonight's the night where you say, 
Lord, I'm tired, but nevertheless, at your will, I know you can do it. Maybe that's tonight. Pastor Omar started off this night, but, and he's feeling, he's feeling the Holy Spirit here. Come expecting. Expect your blessing. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.